Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Welcome to Behind the Tunes. I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Our guest today is Ryan Williams of River Valley Worship. He was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, but now he finds himself in a thriving Minneapolis church. He'll share the importance of loving the people you lead, how Switchfoot got him into writing music, and a useful, useless talent. This is Behind the Tunes. Ryan Williams. Ryan is the lead past, lead worship pastor of River Valley Worship and RiverValley.org. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for being here today, man. Austin, thanks so much for having me. It's really, really a thrill. I'm glad that we could uh, have a few minutes to chat. Absolutely. Now, you're up around Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is that home for you? Well, <laughs> well, it's home. Uh, it's home in the in the context. I've been here for about 18 years now. Uh, grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I was talking to my wife, who's from here, from Minneapolis, realized that I've lived here, here in Minneapolis for 18 years, which is longer than where I grew up. So I'm a little um, at war with myself because uh, I'm not a Minnesota sports fan. I've got Detroit sports in my blood, and here I am living in Minnesota longer than I have in Detroit. So pray for me. There you go. All right, all right. Who do you, who, so so are, you, are you a Lions fan and all that kind of stuff? I'm a Lions fan, Tigers fan, Wolverines, Pistons, all of it, yeah. All right, rock and roll, rock and roll. A lonely place <laughs> there in, in Minnesota then. <laughs> That's right. Well, when did you when did you begin leading worship? You know, that's a fun question. I, uh, I think the easiest way to answer that is I was, I grew up in church and grew up in a, a, a small church that kind of, uh, had an emphasis on music and on worship and on the presence of God, and uh, and so that was kind of always in my blood and in the in the forefront of my mind. And I was always singing in church, singing in musicals and specials. And uh, I started leading worship when I was about twelve because there was no one else to do it. And so I had a lot of time being a twelve-year-old up there with my guitar, a lot of time to fail and make mistakes and kind of figure it out figure it out along the way. Was there a person that really kind of poured into you, or was it just as simple as I wandered up here because there's nobody else to do it, and I just had to figure yeah. it out? There was a few people in that like that in my life in different seasons, you know, when I was in high school, college. <clears throat> but there was one particular youth pastor who really in the beginning, I was kind of 10, 11 years old, and uh, it, it's this principle about leaders when we speak things into other people's lives, mm-hmm. and we do it with authority, how it just creates new possibilities and new realities. I was 10, 11 years old, and like I said, I've been singing a little bit in church, and my youth pastor, who um great guy, he was talking about worship ministry, and he was talking about worship leading, and he, he just made a comment like, hey, Ryan, you should listen to this, because one day you're going to be a worship leader too. And, uh, you know, I'm 10, 11 years old, 
and enjoyed singing, but I never, ever thought of myself as a worship leader, a worship pastor, never had that thought, never had that dream. But then all of a sudden, when a leader who I respected and loved spoke that into existence and spoke that over my life, then it just created a whole new path. And I said to myself, you know what? I could do that if I wanted to do that. And um, that's what started the journey. You know, I'm always, I guess I'm not, I'm not shocked anymore because so many uh, people's stories are just that same thing. Of somebody just speaks it into your life and you believe them. You know, it's it's just yeah. as simple as is is God sends people on our paths, and I and I shudder to think the opportunities maybe I missed along the way. Um, of did I speak the right things in their life to to point them in the direction that that God would have uh, them to go? Well, really, as you were kind of finding your way, um, and and you had people, I guess, encourage you along the way. Um, one of the things I always, I guess, am curious about is when we lead worship. Sometimes it feels like there's a wall between us and the people. Um, hmm. Through the years, have you kind of figured out ways that you lower that wall to kind of let people? Because uh, what we want, we're, we're worshiping together. We're not singing for people. But have have you figured out ways throughout the years to kind of lower that wall between you and those that you're leading? Yeah. So the people, you know, the other worship leaders and worship pastors that I help lead at the church who are assigned to different campuses and different locations here in Minneapolis, you know, we always use this fra- uh, phrase a lot, pastoral musicians, mm. you know, and so you're not hired, you don't have that spot as a worship leader to just facilitate your music. You don't, you're not there just to make sure the band sounds right or sounds good or uh, everyone looks the part. That's really not your job. Your job as a pastoral musician whether you're up there for 20 minutes, 18 minutes, 24 minutes in front of those people, every week that you lead in worship, that 20 minutes or so, that's your time to pastor and shepherd those people. Hmm. And so don't be a ghost who pops up on the stage and then everywhere else in church life, you're nowhere to be found. Um, It's a simple equation of ministry, you know. It's the people first, it's the serving part first, and the bonus is that you get to do it using music and creativity, not the other way around. Mm. And so that's something we try to stress and something that we kind of um, are always talking about, kind of putting it at the forefront of our minds, we're pastoral musicians first. How many campuses do y'all have there at River Valley? We have nine campuses, and they're all, you know, they're all different, urban, downtown, we have some that meet in schools, we have some that are huge auditoriums. So it's a benefit, a uh, blessing to kind of have River Valley and all these different types of applications. What are some of the challenges you found along the way as far as investing in these different worship leaders for different campuses? Because I would think that maybe different campuses may have, in some ways, different DNAs and different, um, uh, I guess, personalities. What are some of the challenges you run into of, of developing these worship leaders for each campus? I think some of the challenges have been when it comes to development of, uh, and a lot of these people are young, up-and-coming, you know, 20-something leaders, I think the biggest challenge, uh, it's been a clear thread throughout the years, I've said this, the best thing about being a worship leader, one of the best things about being a worship leader at River Valley is that you get to do this thing that you love alongside other worship leaders and worship pastors who are doing it along with you, and you mm-hmm. get to bounce off ideas, and, uh, oh, that's working for them, and so you get to see it firsthand, oh, that works, I'm going to use that. And there's a great kind of camaraderie and unity there, and um, 
a real easy friendship. You know, a lot of us aren't coworkers, we're friends. That's the great part. I mean, but the, the also the, the, the worst part about being a worship leader at River Valley is that you're doing it alongside <laughs> these other people. And the, the game, the trap of comparison is a daily fight. It's a daily battle. Oh, wow, that went off great for them. They have more people here. They get more praise here. I mean, it's a constant battle. Wow, this person gets this opportunity. They got to sing this song. Oh, their song they wrote made it at this place or this time or is recognized in this way. And so we are constantly reminding people, our leaders, uh, you know, we are called to be obedient. We are not called to track down um, our reputation and make sure a thousand people know what our gift is and what we sound like and how big our platform is and our influence. It's about serving and being obedient. So I would say that's one of the biggest challenges. And we're with Ryan Williams, the lead worship pastor of River Valley Worship. Ryan, uh, you guys there at River Valley um, have, have begun and, and been producing music for the church and, and sharing that out into the world. Do you remember the first song you ever wrote? The first song I ever wrote? <laughs> um, <laughs> I do remember, I do have a, a vague recollection of that masterpiece. Um, <laughs> I was probably, I was probably, you know, like I, I was probably 10 or 11 years old and I was really, really inspired, um, at the time by this new up and coming band, uh, called Switchfoot. Yeah. And, um, and they had just released, I'm pretty sure it was their first, their first project, which I, I'm a real fan. So I think I can remember, I think it was Legend of Chin, yeah. Chin it was called. Yep. And uh, I was 10, 11 years old, and I heard that album, and it's just, I just, I said to myself, I have to learn how to play guitar because I have to figure out how to write songs like this. Hmm. And that, without going too deep on this Switchfoot album, it was, it was young, it was like post-grunge, and it was like kind of really poetic type lyrics mm-hmm. that were kind of kind of veiled and masked as far as what the meaning was. And so I remember sitting down as a 10, 11 year old and with my first couple chords that I learned on the guitar and writing these nonsense, (laughs) poetic lyrics about, I had no idea what it was about. And, um, that's probably what my first song was like. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've, uh, you've improved since then. Um, what's, uh, <laughs> so what's the songwriting process, maybe for you personally, but even maybe for the church, is y'all trying to create and write the music that God would have you to first share with your church, um, but then to, to share outside the walls? How does that process work within the walls of River Valley? You know, the great thing about River Valley is that we started making these albums about 10 years ago, and it started in the heart of our lead pastor. He was the one who said, I know that we have a call on our church to do this, and specifically, Ryan, I know you have an anointing on your life to write songs, so that, so we need to do this. So he was the one who initiated the first step, and it's always been in his heart. It's always been a big, pe- big piece of his vision for the church. So we've never had to deal with the tension of, hey, musicians, we'll let you go off and do these projects for you know, a few weeks at a time or a few months at a time. Let, let you get that out of your system and then come back to normal life and join the rest of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's never been the case. These songs 
are born within our church for our people to serve them, to help give them language, to connect with God. And the ownership of these songs from the interns to, I mean, to the average person that attends, to campus pastors, to janitorial staff, this is their songs. Mm. This is our projects, uh, our albums. And so it's such a treasure, a very precious, sacred thing to be a part of a community that values worship and songwriting that much. It's got to be, and I guess just kind of piggybacking off that just a little bit, um, it's got to be something for the church family as a whole, just to be really proud of that, in essence, we together created this. Does the church family as a whole, do they embrace it in that way? A hundred percent. And they they really started to dig into the process of, they love the little intricacies of, they, they love it when we introduce a new song in church, and they know that they're getting the first taste or the first draft of this song, and they've already caught the vision of, you know, months down the road or a year down the road, this song is going to be sung all over the world. And we as uh, the congregation have helped shape the song. Uh, you know, we get these, this real-time feedback from our people as we lead these songs before they make it on albums. And based on this feedback we're getting from our people, we tweak songs, we rewrite verses, we change bridge melodies, we change titles of songs, all because, um, again, from the real-time feedback that we get from our people. And they've grabbed onto that, and uh, it's a, a beautiful community to be a part of. We're with Ryan Williams, lead worship pastor, River Valley Worship. I read a quote by you, Ryan, where you said, The secret weapon of being a worship leader is purity and humility. Uh, you there at, at River Valley Worship together, uh, I guess as even a church family, um, you're writing great music, sharing great music that honors the one true God uh, outside the walls for the church. Um, and so I know that can be easy for maybe people to begin to point that music back to you when it was written to point away from you. Um, mm-hmm. Within that, how do you all stay humble? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I uh, I heard it said the other day, um, without bringing too much attention to to an old story, the, the evangelist Jim Baker said that, you know, when he stopped cutting his own grass, that was the moment that he, he lost his mm. ministry focus. And, um, and I bring that up because you could go across our team, and I know I can speak for myself, you know, it's not hard to, it's not, it doesn't take you long to look at my life and say, you know, I got four kids at home and I got a, a wonderful, amazing wife. And when I'm home, uh, in the best way possible, my kids do not care or my wife doesn't care where my songs have been or that I'm get, getting played on the radio or I think you catch my, uh, my example. Um, you know, as worship leaders, we say it all the time, we're here for service, not for singing. And uh, it's awesome that the singing can help help people and, and serve people. Um, but we are the, we see the responsibility that we have as worship leaders. And so we try to keep the main thing the main thing. And we're constantly um, kind of building each other up in that way. We don't let people get too high in their pride. I know you began to lead worship, you know, back at 12 years old with the church you were you're growing up in. So obviously you were into music even before then. You know, growing up, what first got you into music? 
I would say it was it was the atmosphere of being in church. I grew up in a very like charismatic Pentecostal atmosphere, and and some of my earliest memories as a kid, four or five years old, I can vividly see like you know church services, and I can remember those songs that were sung, whether they be hymns or you know these kind of classic choruses from the from the eighties and the nineties, and um, there's a lot about God that I didn't know, and there's a lot about theology that I had yet to learn being six, seven, ten years old. Um, but it didn't take long for me to be convinced of the power of the presence of God, and I saw that in a little church um, in uh, Detroit, Michigan. I saw that at this little Church of God church where people were passionate, and they were having genuine, authentic encounters with God, and so those are my my earliest memories, what really set me on a path to uh, music ministry. We want to take this opportunity to share a song off of River Valley Worship's newest album entitled Altars. Then stick around for a musical influence you probably heard of, a nervous onstage moment, and that useless talent that you would never guess. But for now, enjoy Future from River Valley Worship.
Switchfoot a moment ago. Who were some of your other influences musically growing up? Um, when it comes to like, you know, when it comes to people who are believers and are writing songs to help people or writing songs for congregational context, you know, there, I was influenced everybody from everybody from Stephen Chris Chapman to Vineyard Worship to Jars of Clay to, I mean, all these cassette tapes that my parents used to listen to in our van growing up, Wade Watson, mm. um, Russ Taff, um, Keith Green, Rich Mullins, and it's all these kind of classic, big, uh, DC Talk, you know, big CCM artists in the heyday of the 80s and 90s. Those are all very influential um, in my kind of musical upbringing. If you could share the stage with anybody for for a show, I use that word loosely. Yeah, yeah. Dead or alive, who would it be? Man, that is a brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that's a brilliant question. I'm gonna go with. If I could share the stage with anybody, dead or alive, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with Stephen Curtis Chapman. All right. I'm just going to go there and thank God that he's still with us and obviously still doing great things. He, uh, you know, he talked about purity and humility. Uh, that guy has every, has had every right in the world to be proud or kind of act whatever way he wanted because of his success, because of, the reach of his songs and his influence throughout the years as a this big name CCM artist. Um, but hearing stories about him, knowing people who know him, uh, he has just stuck with that attitude of purity, humility, servanthood through music. Um, and so he's kind of the soundtrack of my childhood. So I think I'd, I'd pick him, Stephen Curtis. Now you began leading worship again at 12 years old, just in the church you were growing up in. Um, how did you get from there to River Valley? Like, like what did you did you have other stops along the way? What was that journey like? So by the time I was a teenager, I was really all in on this idea of um, writing songs. I, I was leading worship, and I, I never, I never um, had the dream necessarily of being a worship pastor as a, as a job. I didn't really think that was really a possibility, but I, I didn't know I was going to lead worship for the rest of my life, even just as a volunteer maybe, but songwriting was my real passion. 
and I ended up at a school in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, North Central University, that years ago had a, um, and still does, has a really great uh, music program. And, um, and from there, I got into proximity of being in Minneapolis and stumbling upon River Valley Church, who at the time, this was about 14 years ago, was much smaller, um, kind of up-and-coming church, um, a lot of the same vision, same heart, same passion, same personality, but much younger in their life as a church. And so it was the college that got me connected to River Valley and, again, had no plan of sticking around, just wanted to do an internship with the church and kind of move on with my life. And it was there in those early days of River Valley where I fell in love with, wow, this is what a vibrant, alive church is like. People love each other. People want to be around each other. Everybody has a common goal, common vision. They're excited to be there, and they believe that really anything is possible. And uh, being in that atmosphere, I was hooked. And so after my internship, it was just three months long, I kind of fell in love with the place. They offered me a small part-time job, and then it just grew from there into what it is now. We're with Ryan Williams, the lead worship pastor of River Valley Worship. You know, Ryan, live music is a fascinating thing. It's, it's a gift um, in so many ways, but stuff happens sometimes. Uh, through the years, do you have a most embarrassing live music on stage moment? I do, and I, someone asked me this the other day. It was just a friend who asked, and so I have it fresh in my mind. So you're lucky I can go right to it <laughs> without wasting any time. My biggest, my biggest embarrassing moment was it was it was maybe about let's see that would have been nine or ten years ago. It was my first. God had just blessed me and put me in a spot. It was my first kind of real big, like worship leading conference type, uh, for lack of a better term, gig. We know it's not a gig, right. but you know what I'm saying. It was his first really big opportunity. It was a big arena with lots of people, lots of young people, and it was just me, my, myself. So the River Valley thing hadn't even really happened yet. It was just Ryan Williams, worship leader, yada, yada. And, uh, and we, uh, you know, the countdown's happening, lights are down, people are screaming. It's like a youth conference, so the energy's really high. And we get to, like, five seconds, and people are starting to shout the countdown down, five, four, three, two. And right at zero, we're supposed to drop in super big with something, like a big up fast song. And um, it gets to zero, people scream, and we drop into our beat one of the whole, the whole set. And uh, for the musicians out there, we have, we have in-ears in, and especially in an arena like that, you need that or you're not going to hear a thing. And we drop the beat one, and there's nothing. We hear nothing. <laughs> And it was the most surreal experience because the, the crowd is loud, but there's not, nothing musically happening in our ears. <laughs> and, uh, and luckily, for whatever reason, that, for that song, our drummer like, did a big hi-hat like, count-off. So that's how we knew to come in oh, all together, mm-hmm. which that's kind of saved the, saved the day. But it was for about 15 seconds where we just kind of had this long... Again, uh, thankfully, it was like a long instrumental intro to the song. We had no ears for about 15 seconds. <laughs> and it, they just popped on right at the time where I was about to start singing the first verse. And so I guess that 
it would be considered a very embarrassing moment because my heart pretty much stopped. <laughs> I thought I was about to die. Literally, I was about to die. Uh, but we made it through unscathed because I don't think anybody knew um, on the other side of it. But, man, I have never felt so in trouble in my life. <laughs> Especially as the singer, because it's just like, here we are. Like, Yeah, I mean, I would have been in real trouble if, if those things wouldn't come back after 10 seconds. Yeah, the uh, number of things that happen that people have no idea about. Yeah, is, they have no idea. It's just unbelievable. And so I always tip my hat uh, to those when they're doing music live, because it's uh, people don't know, man. Stuff is going down all the time that, that you're trying to work through. Uh, again, we're wrapping up here with Ryan Williams. He's a lead worship pastor, River Valley Worship, rivervalley.org. Ryan, you got a few minutes for rapid fire? Absolutely. Let's do it. I love that. Awesome. Here we go. What's your favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. What's the last Halloween costume you wore? Uh, it was uh, an astronaut. Do you snore? <laughs> Ast- wait, wait, wait. I astronaut. Wait a minute. Astronaut. Hold on. <laughs> How long ago was this? <laughs> <laughs> I do not snore. Okay. Favorite junk food? I'm going to go with um, Mike and Ike's. Favorite ice cream? Uh, Oreo. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Uh, No, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) You're the first no I've ever gotten for that question. (laughs) You get a a special award. Yes. What type of milk do you drink? Uh, 2% all the way. In the movie about your life, the Ryan Williams story, what actor would play you? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Shia LaBeouf. All right, all right. Batman or <laughs> Superman? Batman, for sure. How long does it take you to get dressed in the morning? I'm going to go with a good four minutes. There you go. There you go. If you had to teach any subject in school, what would it be? I'm going to say history. Are you history buff? Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite period of history to study? I would say like the Roaring Twenties. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. I love yeah. history, too. I love history, too. Um, favorite cartoon growing up? I'm going to go with um, X-Men. Oh, classic. Favorite movie? <laughs> favorite movie of all time. That's always a hard one. I'm going to go with um, I'm gonna go with Star Wars Return of the Jedi. You're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with the head inside the lion's mouth or get shot out of the cannon? You know what? I'm going to go with cannon. I feel like there's a little bit more uh, safety in the flight somehow. Yeah, I can't get involved with my head in a lion's mouth. That's just <laughs> too, too far. And I didn't give you a heads up on this one at all. What's the most useless talent you have? Useless talent? I am... I can... Uh... Depending on the day, I can like beatbox and like hum a tune at the same time. Really? Yeah. How long have you? How long have you always been been able to beatbox? When did you pick that up? You know, <laughs> over the years as a worship leader, when you got to speak drum talk to drummers, <laughs> you know, you just there you go. You 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 figure out tools to get the job done. So you beatboxing fig- is one of those. So you figured out how to beatbox. And had to show the drummer the direction with the melody at the same time. That's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> I don't know. That's that may not be useless at all. That's really impressive. <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I look forward to maybe on on one of the future uh, releases by River Valley. Maybe you can work in some beatboxing. 
It will be a hidden track. Guarantee that. <laughs> I'll be looking for it. He's Ryan Williams, lead worship pastor of River Valley Worship, rivervalley.org. Ryan, you've been great, so gracious. Thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. We'll catch you down the line. You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. You can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com. A special thanks to our sponsors, Visible Music College and Madison Line Records. Be sure to tune in next time as we explore the stories behind the tunes with more of your favorite artists. <laughs>